coming down for dinner? In a few minutes. Oh, well, hurry up. Everything's getting cold. Uh, Peter, did you take your allergy pills? Peter! Aunt May, I'm busy up here. Well, did you take your allergy pills? I took them. Good. I'm going to put the soup on the table now. Did you hear me? Yes, Aunt May, I heard you. Hello, true believers and webheads. Welcome to another episode of the Spider-Man 77 Fan Show Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Rogers. On this show, we like to talk to the people who contributed to the series, but we also like to talk to people who have stories about the series. Flannaria Price and her husband, Murray, are the owners of Heim House. Heim House was used as the location of Aunt May's house in the pilot episode, with both the interiors and exteriors being used. Flannaria was on set when they were filming back in 1977, so we're very privileged to be able to talk to her today. Flanaria, welcome. I'm thrilled to be able to chat to you today. Well, for me too. <laughs> Before we talk about your house, I'm sure our listeners would love to know more about yourself. Oh yeah, well, I, I, um, I was a teacher for 40 years which I loved every day of. I taught in like a mile from my house. I taught adult immigrants English. Mm-hmm. So it was it was total bliss. I mean, here were adults from the age of 18 to 92 from 90 different countries who were coming to school because they wanted to learn English. There wasn't any discipline problems or or anything. I mean, it was yeah. it was just it was the best the best job in the world. I was really doing something important, and and they loved me, and they brought food. It was <laughs> it was it was all fantastic. It really was. And then the school program closed twelve years ago. It was all public funding, and so I retired. Um, it was time. It was time. I talked for 40 years. Um, anyway, so I've lived in my house, which was built in 1887. I've lived in that house for 50 years. And I've worked with my husband very, very hard trying to restore the whole street and the whole neighborhood so that it wouldn't be torn down because Los Angeles is Los Angeles and it's a very modern city. So um the house that I live in is on a street that is unique to to all of Los Angeles. It has the most uh, the largest concentration of historic houses in all of Los Angeles, and we all try to keep them really n- nice and uh, appropriate and keep them up. Yeah, uh, the whole the whole area. The whole area has an awful lot of old restored houses. People are trying very hard to keep to, to re- restore old houses. Yes. Notice that I noticed it was called Angelino Heights. Is that right? Yes. Is that, is that yes. the area? That's not the street name, obviously. So that's sort of the, the area no. district, is it? Yeah, the street name is Carroll Avenue. Mm-hmm. And you can Google 
Carol Avenue, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. And um, the whole area is called Angelino Heights. It's, uh, of course, you don't have your LA map in front of you, but it's bordered by Sunset Boulevard to the north and then the Hollywood Freeway to the south. So it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of like an island. The Dodger Stadium, the baseball stadium is in the north and the music center is in the south. So it's it's got all kinds of markers. Echo Park Lake is also is on the uh, the west and it's just it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lake. And they have paddle boats that look like swans. And in the evening, they all light up. They're just, it's just magical. So you and your husband then, you, you worked on those um, sort of like called Victorian and craftsman homes then. So um, exactly. obviously, Victorian. Like, so Victorian is obviously the style of the Victorian age, I assume. Is that what that means? Well, yeah, well, they were built in 1887. So they mm. were built when it was fashionable to have that style, that architectural style. And then there was a a depression in the 1890s when people just didn't build anymore. And then in the 1900s, um, people, the, the economy got better. And so then they started building again, but this architectural style had changed you know, fashion. And so the style then had gone from Victorian to craftsman. And so they started building the craftsman houses. So craftsman is obviously another style then. It's just a more modern style. Yeah, it's it's a far simpler style than Victorian, kind of opposite, Mm -hmm. much more low to the ground, no curly cues, just simple. The idea was that anybody could build it. so like a craft a craft person, a craftsman could could build it. Yeah. And so they are like interspersed between the older Victorians in, in the neighborhood in, in Angelino Heights. So your house is called then it's Heim House, is that right? Well that in Heim, Heim. Uh, he he was the first person to own it and live in it. And he was a brewer and he had a couple of pubs and breweries in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, oh. not famous or anything. Just uh, most of the people who lived on the street and in the area were all mid up upward mobile middle class. Yeah. So that's it. So your house then it would be a Victorian house, is that right? Yeah, it's yeah. Victorian. Oh, it's a lot grander looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, so obviously you do that. You. you I suppose you're very busy over the years looking at, you know, maintaining these houses and restoring them. And you also then, and I've seen here in 2018, you, you released a book, a True oh, Story. My book. Yeah, I've written seven books. I, I've written six books that were basically for my students, um, published by the University of Michigan Press. So they were kind of not real textbooks because I don't do that, but they were all about American, not American, but they're about famous folk tales and children's rhymes and American culture. Mm-hmm. So there were, I think, six of those. And then the last book I wrote, which is now, just now coming out in paperback, um, you can get it on Amazon. It's called Claiming My Place, and it's a memoir. I was able to, wonderful story, but I was able to meet a 91-year-old woman 
who was a Holocaust survivor. And um, I interviewed her for five full days and her memory was absolutely phenomenal. And so I wrote this award-winning book that is really different than other Holocaust books because it encompasses her whole childhood, her, her happy, happy childhood in Poland. And then what happened when the Germans came in and then she, she's so smart, she escaped just before they came with the, the trucks to take everybody away, she was able, her Polish was fantastic mm -hmm. and she had, uh, you know, false papers and she was able to escape um, in within Poland. And then she was able to escape to Germany, <laughs> you know, she figured. The Valley of the Vest, you know, literally, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was actually one of the names of my book, The Belly of the Beast, but oh. the publisher want that. Mm -hmm. um, I had In the Lion's Den and The Belly of the Beast, but they, uh, I, I didn't, don't like what the title they chose, but they're the publisher. So, yeah. so anyway, it's a, it's a, I think it's a great book. I'm really pleased with it. It's very dramatic. And then I, I'm, I'm kind of an iconoclast. I don't do what other people tell me to do. So I wrote it in the first person which it's not an autobiography, but I wanted to, I wanted people to understand that what I'm doing is retelling her story. I didn't make anything up. It's every word is her words, mm -hmm. but I wanted it in the first person. And I also used the um, present tense because I wanted people to have a sense of being there. Um, and it did get, an, it got the junior, what was it called? The, Junior Library Guild um, Award, which is a really nice award to have. Yeah, lovely. And, uh, yeah, and I'm really happy with it. So I just, it was in hardback with Macmillan, and then they decided not to print it again. They were supposed to sell it to all the schools in America, but uh, they didn't. <laughs> and then, um, so they gave me the rights back. They have the Audible and the Kindle. They have the rights to that, but they gave me the paperback rights back. So I was able to finally get that out. And it's it's available now. I'm just reading that, um, that Barbara's daughter, Helen, also worked with you on it. Yeah, yeah, she she really helped me with the, um, with the research. Mm -hmm. And she insisted that she that I change. Originally, it was my name with Helen. And she insisted that I put and because it's her mother's story. Um, but I wrote it. It's my book. And I'm <laughs> proud of it. It sounds like an amazing story. Yeah, I must I must look that up then. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I'm really proud. I think it's a great read. It reads, as all of the reviews say, it reads like a novel and uh, it's very dramatic and it's 100% true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it kind of starts when, when, when Basia, when Barbara is three, her memories and her memory, her memory was formidable, just absolutely amazing from um, when she was three. And then I had Helen write an ending um, for when Barbara got old and died. So I wanted I wanted Helen to be part of it, mm -hmm. um, and she was. So she she wrote the afterward. So, yeah. so it, it tells you. For, and she was never in the camps. Her her family was, 
and I have one of her, those stories. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, no, she never was in the camp. She lost uh, a huge amount of family, but she was a she had she had a wonderful time in Germany. I mean, yeah. she was able to. It must have been hard. Yeah, I'd obviously haven't read the book, but it must have been hard knowing your family were what they were going through and you know, obviously trying not to get your cover blown too, I suppose. Like so. Absolutely, absolutely. But once you got to Germany, there were potatoes because they were starving in the ghetto. Absolutely mm. starving. So she was yeah, she felt fairly safe in the belly of the beast. <laughs> She didn't feel safe in Poland. She said, a Pole can smell a Jew a mile away. But Germans, Germans are stupid, she said. If they're told that there's no Jews living in the city, fine, they won't look. So, so she felt, she felt pretty, pretty safe there. And so. obviously she was. Huh? Um, yeah. Sort of, so you mentioned then, so obviously, uh, you know, restoring the houses and one of the houses you you, meant you restored was your own house so which was obviously the one we're going to talk about which was used in the spider-man television series and the pilot exactly. episode so yeah, it, exactly um everybody listening to this will already know this but just for for our listeners um your house was used as aunt may's house who is um, peter parker's aunt peter parker obviously spider-man okay um, i don't even remember thing, but yeah I, re I just remember the actor being in the attic yeah so um the actor obviously nicholas hammond played um peter parker so there was the, uh -huh. there was some there was obviously some filming done outside of your house and but the majority was done inside uh-huh so just wanted I, to talk about any stories you had about you know uh, were there many people there and how many days were there sort of things if you can remember it was a long time ago oh, so. I have, i'm sorry i have had so many movies in my house that i just really really can't can't separate them. I've had some, some big television ones, um, the remake of East of Eden, that was a huge one. They were there forever. And then uh, something called Modern Problems that came right after and Splendor in the Grass. I mean, I've had a lot of big movies um, and then small TV commercials. And it's just hard to to keep them separate. Yeah. The Spider-Man one, I really, really remember because of what they did to the actor, um, <clears throat> who was very young at the time, if I remember correctly. But um, it, th there must have been at least 100 people, part of the, the cast and crew. Really? I mean, that's wow. yeah. normal. There's like 100 people, and they're just all over the street, and there's all over movie equipment all over the street, although we do limit it now because it was a little excessive. Mm -hmm. So now we only allow three huge vans and then we have, we rent somebody's house in the neighborhood for catering. Mm -hmm. um, and then, then they're all over the neighborhood. It's very intrusive. Most of the neighbors are very upset about it, but I talk to the location people and I say, you know, give them, a, give the neighbors a little money for their trouble. <laughs> and, um, and that makes people happy. <laughs> so it's never enough money, but it makes them it takes happy. The edge and off, we, yeah. yeah. And we all want to be happy. So, um, and then of course, during COVID, we had no movies or anything at all across the street from me is the house my husband owns. And it was used as the location for the um, the TV series Charmed, 
Do you know? Oh yeah, yes. I well, I haven't. I think I probably watched it years ago. My wife's more aware of it, so yeah. Well, it's more for younger, <laughs> younger yeah. women. I think it is probably the most famous, favorite, popular series that's ever been on more than friends or i mean i don't watch television so i really don't know this stuff mm -hmm. but it it start i think they started in it started as a pilot i think they started in 1998 and ended in 2004 it was i think eight seasons but it ended in 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 like 2004 to it is now 2023 we get tourists fans every single day it's like amazing and they're from all over the world i mean all over the world it started maybe in 2005 i guess some taxi pulled up um and two asian women got out of the taxi and i started taking photos of the house and my husband went over to to them to ask them what they were doing and but they didn't speak english so he went to the taxi driver and he said where did you get them and the taxi driver said oh um, at the airport oh okay and where are you taking them and he said oh oh at the airport so to go from our house to the airport's like 80 dollars so they spent 160 dollars to go on a layover i guess from the airport to the charmed house and then back to catch their plane and that was just the beginning of all this craziness it's just it's just amazing we we got a letter last week uh, last week last year from a woman that my husband remembers a tourist a middle-aged woman um and the letter was from australia and the letter said i just have to write to you to thank you we came to Los Angeles to see everything. And we went to Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm and Universal Studios mm -hmm. and Hollywood and Vine. But the most incredible, memorable, fantastic moment was when you let us go inside the Charmed House. And we just wanna thank you so much for making our trip to Los Angeles worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so you said there was quite a lot of people then involved in the film and the Spider-Man show. When, well, there always are. There always I mean, is, yeah. Thing, you know, there's always at least, if it's a commercial, 60 people, and if it's a film, to uh, like 100 people. And then, of course, I'm not, I'm counting just people, but mm -hmm. there's the cast and the crew and all of the, all of the cameras and all of the booms and, you know, all that stuff. And, and it's through all, all throughout the whole house, depending on where they're filming. And I really don't remember where they filmed. I only remember, maybe I wasn't even home because normally during filming, I go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but I definitely remember being in the attic and watching that part, which was the most memorable part that I think you'll enjoy. Um, I have, probably in Los Angeles, one of the very few attics. I, we just, we don't, we don't have attics. We don't need attics. You know, Victorian houses have those huge sloped roofs mm -hmm. and under the roof is the 
attic, but most people don't have Victorian houses. And if they do, then they've turned it into some kind of a, a bedroom or, or a study or something. So I have one of the few real attic looking attics in Los Angeles. And that's why they chose, I believe that's why they chose my house. I don't think it was for the exterior, but um, my memory as a major part of the filming went on in the attic. I think that's where he discovers that he's a spider or something. Yeah, there's but, um, yeah, sort of a dream sequence he has and then he thinks, oh, I can climb walls. And so he, he, he then well, ventures out onto the, the roof. Well, this is, this is the part I remember. There are, I have several windows that open um, from the attic to the outside. And they had him for a photo shoot. They had him like climb out, this young, young actor. They had him climb out the window of the attic. Mm -hmm. And I think the director thought it looked so good that he had him continue to climb out. And they, they retired the stunt double who was there yeah. for the climbing out. And they had this poor young actor do all of the climbing out. So um, I, that's what I remember that, that they made him. That's what I wanted out. to ask you because um, there are, obviously when you watch the film, there's, there's, as you say, you can see when it's a stunt man, you know, obviously you can tell the views to stunt man for a certain bit, but with that piece, the footage you're talking about, um, you can see the side of Nicholas Hammond's face. So it's like that's really him on the side of the the roof, you know, or on the yeah. window outside. It's like, well, you know, so they must have had him. Did they have him tied in? Can you remember that, or was he like strapped no, in or anything? Or? No, I don't. I don't remember any of that. I, I mean, this is we're talking what fifty years ago? Um, forty. What age am I? Yeah, 40, 40 over forty-five. So, yeah. so you're asking me at my age to remember something like yeah. that. And I know, just, I know. It's just a wee detail. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So um, but I, I remember that the terror, <laughs> I, I think the word is terror or maybe horror or surprise. But I remember that sensation that I got because I was standing right there on the inside <laughs> of the attic. <laughs> I remember the you know, surprise and you you actually want me to do that? Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> and they did, and he did, and, and it was, made me a little nervous, but happy that I have liability insurance. <laughs> well, nobody got hurt, so I suppose it's a happy ending, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the, the, as far as like the room as well, the, was that, there's, obviously there's there's furniture, there's a bed in the room, and there's posters in the wall. Did they put all that up, or did, was that already there? Is that your own stuff? I don't remember, but okay. probably half and half. But yeah, it's a it's a full attic, and an attic is is like an American garage. I don't know what you have in Ireland, but yeah. it's like like an extra storage room. There, I I say to everybody, they're the most dangerous room in the house because when when something like a piece of furniture or something breaks, you should put it out on the street. Mm -hmm. You should you know throw it away, but. No, you know, we, we might want it sometimes, so we put it up in the attic. Yeah, it's a bit so like my attic, garage. Yeah. The attic is fully, fully packed with just stuff. Yeah. Lots of stuff. <laughs> and uh, and movies. So there's a lot of movie companies that, that love 
using my attic. I can't think of a movie right now, but uh, yeah. that, that did. Besides Spider-Man, I definitely remember that one. Did you ever see him in the costume, the Spider-Man costume? Because there is a, there's a part in the film where he, he sort of he walks into the front of a mirror and looks at himself in the costume. Do you remember that? Or? No, no, I, I don't think I ever saw the movie. I'm really bad at that. I'd grown yeah. up in Hollywood my life. I sold Girl Scout cookies to actresses. Um, I'm really anti-celebrity, so I we don't we don't watch television. I write books, I read books. You know? yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm really I can't tell you about any movies really. Yeah, and then also the only actors were Nicholas Hammond and, and Jeff Donnell who um, played Aunt May. Um, mm -hmm. Do you remember Jeff Donnell in the house or any scenes that were no. filmed? No, no, the name's not even ringing any bells. Yeah, no. she. Uh, yeah, there were very few scenes. They're probably just sort of, I would imagine they're probably done in just in one day, probably, you know. Or more. They, they really do take their time, though. It, oh, really? It'll take, oh, my God, maybe six minutes for, for a day or something mm -hmm. for a script. Yeah, no, they're often there a long, long time. Yeah. To at least two or three days. And then I don't know, I don't remember about setting up and then taking it down. You know, sometimes they do it all in one day. And sometimes it takes one day to set up and then they film and then one day to take everything down. So it just, it depends on the particular film. Yeah. Now with Charmed, with Charmed, it was a pilot and it became so viral, so fast that they just decided to go with it. Um, and what they did immediately was build a set take my husband's interior house, me measure everything, and they made a set. So they came back every like six weeks to do the exterior, yeah, the red house, um, which was very nice, very lucrative because they pay well. And so he got paid for what, eight, eight seasons, maybe every um, eight, eight weeks or something. But the set, the, the house, was theirs and it was funny because you know we don't watch television very much but i would always say you know we've got to see charmed just for a minute <laughs> so we'd turn it on and we'd look like the second season or the third season and we'd look at at his house and i'd say wait a minute you don't have a sun porch like that or oh, look at the kitchen it's so much bigger because <laughs> every year they change the set a little bit yeah so that was that was fun. Um, so it's, you only really remember um, sort of filming in the attic then. Do you don't know if there was any filming done in the backyard or anything like that? No, I have no idea. No yeah. idea. But I do have a backyard. So Yeah, because there, there is a scene where he does you know, sort of swings about trees, you know, but uh, I don't know if it was filmed there or somewhere else, you know. I don't have trees to swing on. Yeah. I would think oh, that they can do anything with uh, set. Yeah. In a set. No, no memory of that. My only memory is being watching while they were in the attic. And the rest, I probably just went shopping or something. Well, um, listen, I just want to say thank you for giving your time up. I really appreciate taking the time to talk to some, some weirdo from Ireland, you know. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening and thanks to Planaria for joining and sharing. We'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, you can visit our website, spiderman77.com, and you can also follow us on social media. 
our Facebook page, the Spider-Man 77 TV series. Our Instagram, Twitter, and threads are all Spidey TV series. You can also follow us on YouTube at Spider-Man 77 TV Fans. I've been Paul Rogers, and you've been listening to the Spider-Man 77 Fan Show Podcast.